And we are rolling. Mr. Tim Harris, thank you so much for doing this. No, no worries. It's, uh, it's been a little while since we've hung out last. How long has it been? Do you count COVID as a year? Do you count 2020? Mm, so count that. And then what's that What on top of that? What are you? I think we caught up last. I think it was at Santorini and Hawthorne. And Santorini. I think it, Santorini. Santorini. Not Santorini. No. That's the place. That's the place. That's the place in Greece. This is Santorini. the pizza. Sure. I'm sure Santorini does good pizza. <laughs> but um, Santorini in Hawthorne. And I think I just started the new job at Swinburne then. Yeah. I do remember that. And that was 2019. Yeah. July. Jeez, that's good memory. It's almost two years. Coming up two years. Feb, it's happened. Feb, it's happened. COVID does uh, make things fly by. Um, does, I feel like I'm a different, I feel like it's an alternate universe almost like here. Yeah. I wasn't married then. No. Was I? No, I was. Yeah, you were. It's like, Celebrating my seven years, so I guess I was. But it feels, <laughs> like, it feels, feels, feels like it feels like seven years ago. But um, man, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm a different person or if I've just been a, a bear in hibernation after after COVID. Do you feel like you've come out of that hibernation? Yeah. Uh, at first, I was really glad to be back at work again, as I was saying before, and um, but. Now I just feel like I'm getting real tired real quickly. I've got to get my mojo back up. Um, right. Like it's that, I hate the word, but I can't think of a better one yet. So I guess I don't, I'm not allowed to hate it, but resilience, so overused, but like I had the same thing. I had to be back in the office four days, a couple of weeks ago, four days out of five, I was cooked. Like the weekend I just slept. I couldn't do it. Yeah. My, I used to do like kids first first week back at um, yeah. at year seven. You you can't, you're so excited to see your friends and you come back and you're yeah. like, mum, oh. your mum starts asking me smoking bombs and stuff. Yeah. Like, no, mum, I'm just no, only two. But like, come don't on, have, don't, just, have, don't have resilience. I'm peopled out. I'm peopled out. Actually, has this for us that we went and watched uh, my brother-in-law play cricket the other day. This is how much kids have changed these days. And this kid, he couldn't have been more than four years old, was walking with another girl about his age, walking around the Oval and just gone, no, I told mum, I think it'd just be good for me to go burn off some energy. <laughs> what, was, what was the answer to that? Like, what was the question that she was answering? That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> what did the four-year-old girl ask him to get like, oh, a lot's changed. I think that's the metaphor. Yeah. Um, but one question that I, I, I've been liking to ask to kick this whole conversation off for price of entry, for those poor souls listening. So you're a father, mm-hmm. you're a husband, and when you're at a party and somebody asks that inevitable question, what do you do for a job? How do you answer that question? I'm still working that one out, man. Like I Most people are, I've found. <laughs> I think I give a different answer every time. Because um, my wife and I, we run an agency called True Tribe. Um, coming up to six years. Wow. So our agency is about the same age as our dog Scout. Um, so that's how I keep track of things. Yep. Um, my firstborn. And yeah, but I also do photography. So... It, it's 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 hard. Like I I don't know if I'm around other photographers or other creatives. I usually say photography, but uh, but I don't want to don't want to give people the idea I have like this big fat like 
you know, agency that recharges charges stupid amounts to take photos or to look after your account. So I, I try to like come up with creative ways to say agency and I usually get stumbled in my words and it all comes out wrong. So I'm probably not the best salesperson at, at a party, but if it was a client meeting, I, I'm sure I'd do a lot better. Yeah, I love it, I love it. And not to go like too deep too quick, you mentioned just there, you know, you know, an agency that charges stupid money to do data. What is the sentiment for what you do in the marketplace? Um, well, the reason why we started was because uh, Chris and I were running a blog at the time. I, I studied film um, a little while ago, but it was more for like storytelling and directing. And I always envied photographers that they could just go out on their own because I had a lot of really bad experiences um, on film sets. Like I'd rock up, I was trying to make a documentary, like direct a documentary and my boom operator wouldn't rock up. Oh. And I would like watch photographers. And I'm like, man, it's so good. All, all they need, sorry, that's my dog scout. All they'll need is, uh, is a camera and they can rock up and get the job done. And it was just like a bit of a dream. And I remember, one, t- one night I was just saying to Clarissa, my wife, I was like, I would love to get a camera and just give it a shot. But you know, cameras are expensive. But for the, it really caught me off guard because I've never had um, someone in my life, like even like parents and like my parents are great, very supportive, but like it really got behind like my creative endeav- endeavors. She said, yeah, just do it. Just go and buy a camera. And there's a, di- is there a, di- tell me if there's an untrue statement. There's a difference in, yeah, you should go do that, honey. And freaking just do it. Yeah. She, no, she was like, literally like, do your research, buy the camera that you think is good. And so I went out and bought like a little Fuji point and shoot, which I always yep. thought was pretty cool. It looks cool as well. I think that was part of it. <laughs> um, Let's be honest. Um, and we started this blog called I Heart Fitzroy. And basically all it was, was whenever I, because I'm a suburbs boy, right? So yeah. grew up in Daniel North, like very suburbs in Melbourne. And um, whenever, so Fitzroy freaked me out. I was like, there is always something happening here. When something new happened, or if I saw like a street artist painting a wall, I'd freak out. So I'd just go up to him and go, hey, do you mind if I take a few snaps and interview them? And then that night, um, throw something up on the website. Um, but after a few years, or like not, not, not even a few years, sorry, like a couple of months of doing this, businesses started going, hey, can you do what you do for iHeart Fitzroy, but for just for us? So we, we found our niche with um, small businesses very quickly. Um, like one of our first clients actually was a big business. It was Marriott um, Hotels, like the, oh, wow. the Melbourne one. But we just found that we, we much preferred um, working with small business and why so, is that? Uh, I think you get to be a bit more involved, you know, like you, where I feel like with big brands, like they're yeah. always making up what the brand should look like, depending <laughs> who's in charge, right? Like if whoever's the marketing person at the time, whoever is the brand manager at the time, but with small business, the person in charge is basically the, the part of the personality and part of who the business is. Yep. And it just, got that direct line there and you can just chat to them and, and, and kind of explore what, what, what that means or what that looks like. And uh, like for a creative person that just, it kind of gives you free reign to mm. kind of go that, go that way, you know? So I, I really enjoy that. And I, I still to this day really love working with small business or at least business owners who are really involved. 
is that is it the authenticity that you think attracts you the most to that um or is it the agility no i think it's more the lack of red tape there's always agility big, big yeah yeah um Big brands, always a lot of red tape. You yeah. know, like it, it, it gets quite frustrating. Um, style guide, 50 pages long. Yeah, style guide, 50 pages. But also, you know, like you, you have to give, present three crazy ideas and then you, you put your blood, sweat and tears into these things. But like you can almost see just by sitting down and having a coffee with a, a small business owner, like which direction they want to go just by chatting to them. And then you, then you explore that concept a bit more and um, come up with a bit of a brand strategy around that. So, I mean, we, we mostly look after social media and just web mm. stuff. So it's nothing too crazy. It's not like billboards and yep. things like that, even though I've shot for billboards yep. um, over the years and things, I still love shooting for the one by one Instagram posts uh, of, of, of um, small businesses. So yeah, is that almost old school now in the world of TikTok? And uh, no, it's <laughs> how, actually that's a question. Yeah, how has the industry evolved since you first bought that Fuji film? Yeah, it's 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 been pretty crazy. So we've had to evolve with it yeah. um, a lot. Like, like I don't. I, there's no way we would be able to start our business where we were uh, back then today. Oh, how's that? It was just back then uh, because we were basically just a social media agency. Um, we could grow the account organically. It just meant right. taking a couple of cool um, fo- photos with a hip, like a hipster filter on it yep. and get it looking good and um, organic growth would happen, you know, like people would come to the cafe, they like, it looks good, yeah, let's right. go check it out. Whereas now we have to know uh, the ins and outs. We have to know the jargon that the big the big agencies are talking. Right. We have to know the back end of Facebook, which is changing every week. Um, so we, yeah, like Clarissa's all over that. I, I look after most of the, the creative direction from business, but <laughs> even though I try not to ad- adopt the term creative director, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of what we, what we do. Um, but yeah, so today, today, like we, I'll just give it a second. You got, you would have cut this part out as my, no, leave it, go for it. It's nothing the natural ambience. It's just me having a drink on the side. No, it's scat. Scat. Scat having a pint of water. Um, You know what I'm actually going to think I need to do with this podcast now is I'm actually going to have to put. You know, Tim Harris, feet, scout. Last yeah. one, I'm going to have to put the dog's name. <laughs> the dog's India's one, I'm going to have to put our kids in there because yeah. they featured in the background. I think you can hear Kate laughing in the background and one of them as yeah. well. So I'll just, just you, say, you say something dumb and just like, ah! <laughs> Don't mind Use that, that as a sound bite. Don't mind that. It'll be like the new Willem screen. Yeah. Like, the Kate's laugh. Put it, put it in the next Star Wars film. It's a kind of famous laugh. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. she's Give gonna, me a second. Yeah, no, all good. I can, I can talk aimlessly for days on end. Scout, the producer's leaving the room, so we're allowed to talk about what we want now. <laughs> right, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. Here we are. Um, but that's a... Yeah, the, the rate at which the industry from like a... A, I'm not even going to say novice from a moron's perspective of mine of how fast things have inch, like grown and escalated and changed um, like 
I'm scared of TikTok like that. Like I don't even want to like go there. I can't imagine being a business where Instagram six years ago was what TikTok is now. Is that a true sort of, or is um, it even bigger? Well, we, we, we haven't really delved into the world of TikTok yet. And I think um, like there's a reason for that. Like the way that you look at it is Facebook and Instagram. There's a lot of like professional images now. Like remember back in the day, Instagram was just, it was just iPhone, right? Like it was just, it was almost, phone. if you didn't just use iPhone, yeah. it was like, yeah, wait, weren't there hashtags cheating. about that? Like yeah. you, you were cheating, man. Like right. if you did anything, but, um, use, use your iPhone, you, you, you weren't in it. So, but basically that's what TikTok, TikTok has become, right? Like, so it's, um, it's content creators. That's, mm. you know, for a lack of a better term. Mm. So I'm just going to let my scout is wanting to come back in. Scout's not liking the direction of this well, podcast and is coming in and giving us some more advice going, guys, you just, you got to stay on topic. This is not what we uh, talked about in the pre-meeting. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, TikTok is for content creators. I right. think there's definitely room there for brands to get involved by using the, these guys who are, who are great at what they do. Mm. Like as much as we hate to say it, as uh, 30 plus year olds, yep. they, they know how to engage an audience. Yeah, they, they have their finger on the pulse and if they just need to dance for 15 seconds and it works and wear the latest t-shirt and it sells, then let them do it. Yeah. Let it sell, you know? Yep. Um, but there is still a big audience. Um, I think about it, it's like mm. Facebook is for boomers and yeah. Instagram is for like our generation. Yeah, you know? 100%. Like we're still on it. Like the, us millennials. Are I still get it. sucked into Instagram ads, you know? Like oh, I hate it when thing. they get, when, when it dials in and I'm a sucker for your camping stuff and your car stuff. And the, I'll even go through a phase where I'm just going like, nah, you missed me. And I'll actually look at the ads and be like, almost snicker at the algorithm being like you're way off like yeah. I'm not interested in that and then I'll get one I'll be like oh is that one of the accounts I follow <laughs> shit that got me no I liked it I want to look at it I want to I want to know how many features this random thing has that I can use to dig holes while yeah. I'm camping it's the yeah. worst and that, that's all part of it as well they'll, they'll serve you up one that you like and then the second one will be uh, will give you a bit of a price tag and then the third one will be like a buy it now option yeah before you know it, you pay got, later. You've you've got a, a three man tent that you can throw on your roof and you know. No, no, I've, I, but, I don't. No, it's too tempting, too tempting. Um, I want to go back to sort of the the, the origin story for for True Tribe, mm -hmm. and not even True Tribe yourself. Mm. You've just had that huge moment of encouragement to follow your passion and to go be full Tim, which yeah. is a huge moment mm -hmm. for anyone in their life to have somebody support them in that kind of way. Mm. Um, what was the next from that moment mm. to where you are now? Where was that first leap of faith moment where you really had to go? Yeah. I'm jumping. Yeah. So I think like true tribe was a little bit easier because like, um, I was playing the game pretty safe. Like I was still working part time and kind of easing myself into, it was just, like, I didn't quit my, my other job until I had enough clients to kind of make, make ends meet. Um, for Clarissa, it was a lot harder. She was working at a, at a big agency mm. and, um, 
had to go, you know what, if we're going to do this, I have to quit now and just, just go for it. But for me was, for my like leap of faith moment was probably a couple of years after starting True Tribe was when I started the Timmy at Tim sort of stuff, which is, I just call it dude shit, right? Like, when yeah. I say shit. I'm- 100%. <laughs> Somebody talked about edibles in another podcast before. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, so it's, it's just like, dude, I'll say dude stuff because my mom's going to listen. Dude stuff. <laughs> um, you know, like motorbikes and, yep. and brands and like workwear brands and things. Uh, that, that's the sort of stuff that I shoot now. Um, but I, I You've come a long way as far as, can I just like interrupt the yeah. story a little bit because it just popped into my ADD brain. Remember that time we picked up your little Hyundai Gets <laughs> and the engine was dodgy and it was like yeah. blowing smoke blowing out the smoke. back out like crazy. Water. And I remember being like, man, I don't care about cars. Like it's just not yeah. something I like. I just, I'm not there. Eh. Uh, and now you're shooting like these vintage vehicles that are yeah. worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I shot for um, Porsche's 70th anniversary um, and, the, and the launch of the, the electric um, Taycan. Like, what? I do remember saying I wasn't into vehicles. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, a f- funny story. So I, I obviously got into motorbikes first and... Um, the, how I got into that was Clarissa and I were going to Bali. Uh, obviously, everything's on two wheels over there, scooters and motorbikes. And I'm a bit of like a, I don't know, like a safety freak. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not, but I, I just like to take caution. I like to pre-prepare. I like to have logistics yeah. in my mind. Yeah. So I said, look, I, I'm happy to ride us over there, but I want to get my license here because, you know, under, obviously – these things steer differently than cars. Like, I want to understand how it works. Love it. So, we went and got my license. The first time I jumped on this little 250, like, Kawasaki sports bike at the learning center, I was like, where has this been all my life? And that was the that was the moment for me. I was like, man, I, I just want to ride bikes for the rest of my life. And then, so, obviously, bikes leads to cars. Like, you shoot, I'm shooting bikes and shooting for motorcycle brands. And, and then car people hang around motorcycle people so I start shooting them but the only reason why I was shooting them is because I was like man these guys are really passionate you meet some people and you're right they got like a $400,000 car but they can't afford that car man like they, they, they somehow make it happen I was just like I love that passion that car people have like they're not necessarily rich people all the time but they they make a way because they're so passionate about it and I was just like if there's a subculture I want to stand or want to rub off into me and my like ethos of life is like be so passionate about it you just make it happen you know so I started getting but then after jumping in a, a Porsche 356 dude that that changed me that that made that car made me a car person and since then things have changed a little bit and uh, I can't get enough like the, the same experience of jumping on the motorbike for the first time is I hate to admit that happened for cars. Maybe it's just what happens when you turn 30 as well. I don't this, know. this just makes me happy. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, so, sorry, I interrupted as you were talking about um, that leaf of faith moment. It was yeah. easier for you because you were able to kind of straddle both worlds for a yeah. little bit between being completely independent yeah. and therefore dependent on your own sort of gumption to get jobs. Yeah. But Clarissa was a bit more yeah. of a bigger jump. How did those conversations go? And maybe... I'm interested, how long was that timeline 
of letting go of one and jumping onto the other. It happened pretty quick. It was, I reckon, four to six months. Um, wow. But I was just being in the right place at the right time. Like, no one was really doing social media and photography for brands or for, like, social media platforms at that time. And, or if they were, they were charging, like, crazy prices. They were charging, like, wedding photographer prices for a shoot. And yeah. people were like, dude, it's just going to – like, people are just going to like it. It's going to be gone. And, like, so – there need to be like that reassess that hadn't been that reassessment point yet. So we kind of entered the field at the right time and, and grew very quickly. We had to take on contractors and um, other photographers to, to be able to facilitate everyone. But as I was saying, for the Tim Yeah Tim side of things, the- um, What is the Tim Yeah Tim side So it was just a kind of, one, I wanted to be Tim Harris photography, but there are 1 million other Tim Harris photographers out there and they all seem to be terrible wedding photographers. There's one in Queensland. Yeah. I remember a friend I tried like giving you a shout out and they're like, I just looked up this guy and he's like this <laughs> shitty photographer in Queensland. I'm like, no, 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 no. My friend's not a shitty photographer in Queensland. He's a, he's a really good photographer in Melbourne. They're yeah. like, I don't know. Google's coming up different. I'm like, oh no. So I, I had to um, come up with like a bit of a, a name for my brand and photography. Yeah. And funny enough, like I don't know if I've got like a bit of a lisp or something, but like whenever I introduce myself at events, I'll be like, hey, my name's Tim. And it's like a crowd room or something. And they'll be like, what, Sim? And I'll be like, no, Tim. Tim, yeah, Tim. And then I just, I just thought that was very funny. But like people have kind of taken like the yeah as like a yeah kind of situation, um, which is cool, I guess. But I'm not that, yeah, so I'm very introverted. Um, but yeah, so I'm very much the quiet spoken person at the party going, no, Tim, yeah, Tim. Not right before your sales pitch about what you do for a job. Yeah, and that's that right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's how that name came about. Um, but I had an opportunity maybe like a, a, about a year or so after starting True Tribe to um, go and sh- go and experience a shoot. I wasn't shooting on it. Like I brought a camera along, but experience a, a, sh- a shoot for my friend's brand um, who, who created mo- like a, a single layer motorcycle tent brand. And I was just like, dude, this is wild. This is so cool. Like I just want to do this all the time. And I literally had a high for like four weeks afterwards. I was like, and I chased that high. Like I remember I was like, I, I need to shoot motorcycles again. And I would literally get depressed unless I was doing something like shooting something extreme. Right. Um, so I, I, I just kept chasing that and chasing that until it got to a point where I started shooting for more brands and it wasn't just friends that I knew it was other brands now approaching me. I was like, this is, this is cool, man. This is, this is what I want to do. And, um, I think the big one was when I shot, um, for Mini's 60th anniversary, um, that kind of what clicked to me, and I was like, maybe it's not necessarily, um, you know, like commercial photography for like with like lots of touch-ups and billboards and things, but I really enjoyed the editorial, like the storytelling side of things, um, and that's what I've kind of lent into ever since. My whole kind of um, way of approaching it is it's like okay it's not about taking a perfect photo but what's the perfect story here and, and how do I how do I get that across and that that's way more important than how I set up my camera or how I approach it and I think you just get like cool images from that mm. anyway right like it's they're dirty they're messy they're yeah. like grainy they're like um, you know 
ones that you've seen in the catalog are great, but they're, they're boring. They don't, I want, I want to get stuff that's like a motive, you know? Yeah. And then you can picture yourself there and, um, that, that's, that's kind of what I want to portray through my photography. So love it. And do you think that's the market's appetite for that type of photography is heightened because so much is the other extreme now? Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's funny because like, that's what a lot of brands are asking for now is like, I think, and that, I don't think brands would have noticed that unless it was for social media. Like unless these type of photos were getting, they didn't realize that these photos were getting thousands of likes. They would never have dared to have gone that way. You know, like it, they would have played it very safe, but now I'm doing workwear shoots and they're going, Hey, can you make it super grainy? Like that other shoot. I'm like, really? Like, uh, like you're, you're a big company. Like you sure yeah. you want me to like, I was thinking the other way, but like, no, nah, no, nah, do it like you usually do it. I'm like, that, that's just so comforting as a, as a creative, just to, to trusting your eye for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. not, that, again, back to that sort of, you're not getting the big company, 50 page design brief, do it how we want you to yeah. do it. So you got no creative license and freedom and agency. Is there going, we want you as an individual, not we want you to work for us. It's yeah. the other way around. We yeah. want you to do and imprint your personal design on our brand and in a way uh, maybe making a leap here but whatever um it's them trusting you the same way clarissa trusted you to go and start this thing in the first place yeah. it's a hey you want to do it can trust you go for yeah. it and these companies are coming you saying the exact same thing yeah yeah and I, I think that's that's what helped me get over the imposter syndrome was I'm right um like everyone gets it right like yeah. as soon as you go that step further than you've ever been before. You always like go, man, am I really meant to be here? Um, but the fact that all you need to go back to is go, well, they would have never asked you in the first place if they like, you know, I think that's what everyone needs to, you know, kind of remember is like, you wouldn't be in that spot unless someone else saw the stuff you'd already done what your previous stuff like and you're already better than that like you've already done that so you're better than, you're, you're ready for the next step and then this is kind of like the self talk I need to give myself kind of every day before I go into a shoot especially with a new big brand it's like okay these guys have seen my work um, I just need to trust that this is this is what they want and lean into that yeah and you, you touched on and alluded to the fact that there's a bit of nerves anxiety mm imposter syndrome in the lead up to a gig. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear sort of that journey for yourself and how you manage that lead up from the high of ooh, a gig, yeah. which is how your business runs. You need clients to, yeah. to work to doing the shoot. And that gap there, I feel like is a really underrated journey mm. that doesn't really get a lot of story time. Mm. What's that process from initial client reaches out to shooting in the headspace of Tim? Yeah. I mean, I read, I read something really cool the other day. It was just like one of those throwaway. Someone put out their story. I wish I screenshot it because <laughs> I wish I knew where the quote, quote, who yeah. the quote was from. It said, where your fear is, that's where your mission is, you know? Ooh. And that, that, you know, I got that. And that's the kind of approach I try to take is like whenever I fear something, I'm like, Look, I've got an option here. I can kind of like let it mess up my day and, you know, 
make me feel awkward about things or I can go approach it head on and end up a better person from it. Um, and that's just kind of, and I feel like I've been enjoying myself a lot more in my work because of it. I mean, it, it took a long way to look a long time to get to that point because at first I used to like be freaking out and I'll get to a shoot and I'll be freaking out on the shoot. Right. And then I would, and I'm like, okay, that wasn't so bad and go home and edit the images. Or then I'd like ignore the fear and I'd go to the shoot, enjoy myself, but then I'd still have to face that fear at some point. And it wasn't until I got into the edits, I'd be like, shit, are these photos good enough? And uh, that's even worse because you're like, you I can't, can't do anything I can't, now. I can't go back now. <laughs> oh no. So what I realized is like, I just have to like really ask myself what's really going on here. And, um, and just go, man, like, yeah, like, like I said, ask those questions and ask why did they employ me? Why did they get me on this gig again? Um, you know, it's not, it's not, not necessarily about an ego thing. Yeah. But just one, be thankful for the opportunity, but two, yeah. realize that like, hey, you've, everything adds up, right? Like, yeah. Everything that you've worked on before has added up to this point. So like bring that to the game. Like, yeah. like that's why you're here. Um, and then you've got, you'll be able to bring this next opportunity, this, mm. this thing that you're working on, to the next thing and be even better again. So I, I think I, I, the way that I approach my work is just go, how can I always be improving? And mm. like, um, it just makes it fun, right? Like it just makes it feel like every every shoot's a new day, like something fresh and something yeah. new. Like it's yeah. Not, I feel I never feel like I've gone to the same. Office every day. Twice. Yeah. I used to work in a freaking car park, man. And that felt like the same thing every day. Like, you would go there, I'd open the boom gates for people. I'd get yelled at because an old lady didn't want to pay $30 for a lost ticket. I don't experience that anymore, man. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like every day is a new day and I'm very thankful for it. It's just now and dealing with the internal, um, the internal stuff that mm. we all deal with. Yeah. And how long did it take? And maybe a better question would be, how did you figure out that that's what you needed to do, which, as you just said, to tame that inner monologue and to actually call it out and have that conversation back with yourself earlier rather than delaying the inevitable? Um, When did that, did you realize that and and how did that come about? I think just from like in my previous job, I had to do a lot of public speaking and I never enjoyed that at all. And I felt like I was forced to do that. So I was always faced with this internal dialogue of, you're not meant to be here. You don't want to be doing this. That imposter syndrome again. Uh, I wasn't even just imposter syndrome. I just didn't like it. <laughs> I, it wasn't a part yeah, of the job that, that I liked. Fair. Like I just, like I felt like I had other skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I had to l- learn to not let that rob my day. So just approach it and kind of be ready to predict what your, where your mind's going to go before you enter into a, 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 a new arena. Um, and I felt that that's really helped. And, um, funny enough, Clarissa now has started doing outside of true tribe, um, business coaching or business mentoring. And we, we talk a lot and we brainstorm a lot about, um, 
strategies for clients and kind of these these sort of questions that they ask themselves and we've just realized that this is this is human nature you know like this everyone's gone through it um funny story like this has got nothing to do with kind of work but um i was at a massive gig one time and i always i always get social anxiety right like i walk into a big room like oh geez like and I was, the DJ was playing and all my friends were around but I was just like man there's just way too many people what are they thinking about me what are they what, what if someone doesn't like me what if like all these stuff and I go you know what What if I'm thinking this how many other people are thinking this too and then I realized that like people are probably more concerned about what's going on within themselves and they 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 are about other people <laughs> like yeah. we just yeah. think that everyone's thinking about yeah you're not that big a deal. The harsh reality that so people don't care about you. Exactly. Like they, care, they, call, they care about how what they're going to look like yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you can realize that before you walk into a room or even you walk into a job that, like, you're not the number one priority there, it takes a hell of a lot of the pressure off mm. and just lets you do and allows you to become better than... Uh, than before and that, that's that's become really freeing it was like a that was like a, I'm glad I went to that it was, it was like a motorcycle show out in, um, in Dallas and man that was like the most freeing experience I've had yeah. and it's funny how I've adapted that to my, my work life you now so yeah time machine question if you can go back mm-hmm. to Tim of you know let's go eight years yeah. ago let's go just before yeah um, what would be the chat that you have with yourself yeah, that's a that's a hard one because. Um, or would you? Like, I like to put a caveat in there that yeah. you could actually option for just the, no, the the really creepy, just go and watch yourself and not say yeah. anything. No, I think like there's. If I if I hadn't allowed myself to work it out, then I, w- I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm. If I hadn't have gone through the struggles of like beating myself up inside like as much as like I, I don't want to think that you know like mental health is a big one right yeah. like you don't want people beating themselves up but like if people can learn to navigate that in a healthy way like the people that we can become I think it's freaking awesome man and that's why like in 2021 we're seeing so many more young entrepreneurs yeah. like it's it's now like just like a a norm like it's it's not like what's that the the entrepreneurs mm, or the norm the norm like, oh yeah like well maybe there is no norm and that is the norm you know like yeah, it's, it's just like people they see that you can you can have an idea and at least give it a good hard shot and see where it goes whereas before it was kind of like everyone used to hold it I feel like I don't know maybe it was just the way I viewed the world but everyone used to hold their cards really close to their chest mm. and unless they were giving some giving some freaking golden opportunity they would never really pursue their, their dreams on their own but yeah I think I think 2020 definitely broke the status quo for a lot of people yeah. and well, made them yeah well Chris was saying that like more businesses than ever before started up in Victoria like Victoria the craziest lockdown and small bit more small businesses started up last year and like I don't know what the stats are, but like a lot more than previous years. So yeah. I think people were just like, yeah, I'm going to get my super out and go for it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Shot. Thanks, so, Scobo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm doing with this podcast. It was yeah. a very similar Sick. conversation. Very it was a similar conversation that Carissa had with you, with, with Kate and myself and this. And 
you know, going, I just, I need to just do it. Yeah. And it was a conversation with a friend at Christmas and they helped me articulate what was already kicking around the brains because it's a mess up there most of the time. <laughs> And they kind of text me a couple of days later, hey, I think you should call it price of entry and, and that'll enable you to be able to talk it's to different people. Really. And di- I really like, like that. I've got to give them all credit to that. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I had some terrible ones that I'm even too embarrassed to say. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, more beers and I'll be able to say more, it. Um, more, 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 more subscribers. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a season two. That's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you know, because I'd love to be able to do this exclusively yeah. one day. Um, but and sent me a couple of days later just had a few tinnies in the pool and he's like I think you should call it price of entry yeah. that enables you to talk to different people from different backgrounds about any topic about how they got to where they are and what they have to do to stay there and the yeah. non was it a brand money. person was it Leadership coach. Leadership coach. Yes, yeah, so it's a leadership like, coach. Hey, I'm going to hire this person. <laughs> right. He's brilliant. I'll, I'll chat, to you, uh, chat to you about him afterwards. He's an incredible journey. Podcast number three for those poor souls listening to this. <laughs> Actually, no, sorry. Podcast number two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's fascinating, man. What – I want to ask two questions, but I don't want to get too distracted because I'd love to hear how COVID and 2020 impacted – your business and and what you do. But I think the thing I'm more curious in now is what does work look like for you on the other side of that and what the price of entry in commerce is for you to continue doing business today in this almost post-COVID world. Because to say it's post-COVID world, I think it's actually a lie. It's not yet. (laughs) I think we're in that awkward in between. Yeah. Um, But what does it look like for you today to continue doing what you need to do? Yeah. I mean, I was was really down during lockdown. Um, uh, Because photographers couldn't work in Melbourne. And... Like I was, I had like a couple of gigs that I could do at home, um, but they were kind of not the sort of stuff that usually gave me energy. It was just like the real um, sort of mundane, which I guess I still enjoyed it, but like it wasn't you know high energy. Um, so I, I started to get really depressed about it, man. But again, like it made me look within myself. But I, I also realized I had a, an option I was never going to get again, like. Uh, I had a one-year-old son. Um, some of the most valuable time that I was ever going to be able to spend with him was then. Um, so I just kind of delved into that and just went hard at dad life and was taking him out for five-kilometer walks, <laughs> you know, um, doing the doing everything within our lockdown radius. But I, I started to really enjoy that time. But at the same time, I was really looking forward to getting back into work. So as soon as the window opened up, I opened up a couple of times, right? Like where I could um, work again. I jumped, went balls deep into it. Like I was, I was, I was in it. Um, but I think the one thing that I real realized is like, like I think I said before, you know, I was, I had to adrenaline had to be involved before, mm, like I had mm. to be doing the motorcycles and mm. all that. But now I've just learned to appreciate all work and like Interesting. all. Um, you know, I used to be like, oh man, just have to shoot another cafe today. And like, it would be like, I'd kind of downplay it, but like, man, I'm so thankful for that. You know, like it's yeah, right. to be a part of someone's business who, um, who cherishes it. And even like a, a like again, like a small yeah. business 
who went through very similar things what I would have gone through like the lockdowns and not being able to serve all their clients and and all the rest um, made me really appreciate that the smaller gigs again yeah um, I think the price of entry was a lot different um, before it was all about like you know go hard and do work for free like back in the day wow. like you know like but now it's like the price of entry for, for this is like man it means I think got family time and that, that's that's like a that's, that's a big one you know like yeah I this has probably been one of the biggest weeks um, I've had in a long time even pre-COVID um, mm. in terms of work like I've, I haven't left the computer much and I'm, I'm just like itching just to have a family day again you know like yeah. Um, so everything in balance, eh? Like it's just see it. I hate the word season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See it as a season and embrace it for that. And hopefully, uh, the next season brings something different, which would always keep something uh, everything interesting. So that's a huge change, man. Yeah, it's well, dad life, you know. <laughs> dad, yeah. It's 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 fascinating for you how dad life coincided with a year of isolation at home away from work yeah. to be able to give you that contrast to now which is busy busy work yeah. um, and I think that's just case in point you mentioned it earlier is that you needed to go through those rough times and the struggle and the frustrations to learn that not just about those lessons about yourself, but the world that you found yourself in to be able to fully articulate that world around you and therefore appreciate it and make those decisions of prices that you were willing to pay. Because yeah. uh, And that's sort of one of the things that I'm finding having these different conversations is the different prices people are willing to pay yeah. for those things. and. And it's so often that what makes you, what helps you make that decision is that past experience and knowing what the, when you sign up to something, yeah. you actually know what it's going to cost is yeah. now, you know, when you take on a job, yeah. you know yeah, yeah. that it's actually going to cost you time with your son mm. and your wife. Whereas previously it was, yeah, I'll just do the job and then, yeah. oh, gee, I'm busy. Yeah. Um, or you're chasing that next thing. Now you know what that drive and chase and yes to a job you know the actual cost yeah. now, yeah. which how else do you figure that out if not for yeah. going through something like that? That's I, huge. I think it's such a really good topic to explore. And it's really not asked too much um, in these sort of settings, like whether it be podcasts or mm. workshops or whatever, everyone's going, how do you get there? Right? Like, how do you get there? They, they want to know how you got there, but like, it's, it's yeah, the, the cost man, like, and they, we, we like again the irony of what we're talking about, but also the industry that you find yourself in mm. is all about telling that end result story. Yeah, yeah. You know, even to go to like you know the amazing motorcycle shots that you take, yeah, how do you get to not just taking the shot, but being the person in that shot that you're fantasizing over yeah. going on to be like that? Not everybody can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, your friend that does the Land Rovers and does them up immaculately. Yeah. yeah you have a look at what they were like when he bought them. Yeah. When those yeah. old cars were first brought in. Yeah. Have a look at, you know, the dysfunction from the start. I think that's a good metaphor for yeah. it. Yeah. Is the rust that was found, the old carpet that had to be pulled up. Yeah. The hours it was spent scrubbing the old grime off the bottom. And I'm just yeah. talking about my own experience yeah. now. Um, <laughs> is Is... Yeah, the photo I put up is cute, but like the hours of blood, sweat and tears yeah. and money behind that 
that's the price it's for that. Like it, it's, it's always, yeah. And that's what gives you the attachment. To oh, it. totally. I think it forces you to love what you do. Like me, mm. I, I, I've, funny enough, you know, I said like I always envied photographers, like when I was doing film. Mm. Like nowadays, I like envy painters and like those who are oh, no. But I'm just like at a point where I'm like, man, it's cost, it's like, I've put out that much. I don't know if I could do it to get into another, you know, like, so I, now, now I've got even appreciation for like people, who, um, you know, use different mediums of yeah. expressing themselves. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know how you do it. Like, I don't even feel like I've touched the tip of the iceberg in right. photography. And yeah. And now there's, I want to such, painting. there's such different disciplines <laughs> as well. Yeah. Like, the different street artists that we both follow, your Rones and stuff like that. It was actually when I saw his um, showdown in Geelong a couple yeah. of weeks ago and had some of his early pieces there yeah. where it was um, contrasted cutouts that's, of like... That's cut. one of them there above your head. Oh, stop it. <laughs> We've got, a, got a, one of uh, Rones' early pieces, which is like literally just the stencil and wow. a little bit of paint, but now he's doing, yeah, like you said, pretty detailed. Hardcore stuff. Yeah. Full. Full installation type stuff. Full installation, stuff. burning down buildings. Yeah. Rotting, yeah. rotting chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lighting <laughs> chairs on fire and, and creating cobwebs out of like uh, hot glue guns if and you, stuff. If you don't know who Roan is, you got to check him out. R-O-N-E, great Northern artist. Just Geelong boy apparently as well. And um, yeah, good luck with um, diving into that next thing, man. Seems uh, like you've got a bit of an itch that you've... Um, I think I'll just... <laughs> get behind other artists and buy their work yeah just appreciate what it is like to be on the other side as a photographer so i think to kind of close this conversation out i think again i've known you for years man but i think hearing your story in this way which whilst is somewhat surreal chatting to a mate in this format but also the benefit of this format is kind of having this aerial view of, of your story over the last few years. You are a lover of authenticity and a teller of those stories. Mm. And you do it bloody well. Appreciate it, brother. And on that note, thank you everybody for listening. No. Thank you for having me, Brendo. No worries, man. Thanks for making time in the busiest week since COVID no, no, to I'm, have this I'm, chat. I'm just glad that I could use the excuse to have a beer, you know, like it, I include this as work. This is a bit of PR for me. Oh, work expense. Okay. And a little, bit of, little bit of PR <laughs> both ways. So, um, no, I appreciate it. It's, it's good to think about these things and definitely have a fresh perspective in the midst of a busy week. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.